Hey, everybody, thank you so much for connecting with us. I am super excited. We're in the second week of our series called Character Matters, as we're praying that as we journey through this series, that God will help to position us so that our lives will be more in alignment with his purpose for us in this moment in history. Each week, we're looking at a different attribute of character, and we're asking ourselves, what do we need God to do to strengthen and build that attribute in our lives? And today, the attribute that we're looking at is called self-control. Can you say self-control? Yes. Listen, self-control is an indispensable character trait. And today, we're going to talk about how prayer and fasting, the spiritual discipline of prayer and fasting, uh, is a unique instrument in helping to strengthen and build our self-control. You can't become all that God wants you to be, and I can't become all that God wants me to be without this notion of self-control. So let me give a shout out to those of you who are watching from San, our San Jose campus. Thank you so very much. And for those of you who are watching across the country and beyond, it is a joy to have all of you connecting with us today. God, we ask that you would pour your spirit out afresh upon everyone watching and listening to this message and also do something transformational, not just in their lives, but in the life of the one that's preaching and teaching. This is my prayer today in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, if someone is sitting next to you, please turn to them and simply say, self-control matters. If you're typing in the chat, go ahead and type that in the chat. Self-control matters. All right, let's begin with um, this passage. We'll find Jesus in the wilderness as he begins a season of prayer and fasting. Matthew chapter 4. Listen to what the text says. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights, he fasted and became very hungry. Now, during that time, the devil came and said to him, hmm, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus said to him, no, no. The scripture says people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And so they wrestled for 40 days. And then at the end of the 40 days, having Jesus having won all those battles, here's what Luke says. Then Jesus returned to Galilee, filled with the Holy Spirit's power. Reports about him spread quickly through the whole region. He taught regularly in the synagogues and was praised by everyone. And somebody say, Amen. Amen. Last week, we started our discussion about character, and I gave you a very simple definition about character. It's simply this. Character is who I am on the inside. Character is who you are on the inside. The first attribute we looked at was this notion of fortitude, this ability to have mental strength and the spiritual uh, courage that one needs to work through hard times with resilience. But how do we begin to construct fortitude in our lives? At the very heart of that, that journey of constructing fortitude so that we can work through adversity is self-control. Here's my definition for self-control. It's the steadfast capacity that regulates one's thoughts, emotions, and behaviors. Resisting, check this out. You see Jesus practicing this. Uh, we're going to talk about it in a few moments. Resisting short-term temptations in order to meet long-term objectives. 
How's your self-control? Well, how do we strengthen our self-control? Since that is at the very heart of us notion of fortitude and grit, the capacity to make it through tough times. And I've told you that the world in which we live in is becoming more and more complicated, more and more challenges. We, we're going to have to have the spiritual capacity to make it through. Uh, all that comes back to our self-control. How do we begin to strengthen it? Can you say how? Oh, I love the way you ask your questions. How? Well, it begins. I want to suggest to you that one of the ways we do it is in seasons of prayer and fasting. Now, uh, here's what I want to say. Uh, some of you already know about fasting. You do intermittent fasting, for example, and you've seen the power of it. You've lost some weight. Uh, you've become a little bit more healthy. You use it to detox. You begin to think better mentally. That's Fasting disconnected from its original spiritual purpose. What do you think would happen in your life if you reconnected it to its ultimate purpose, which is to go deeper in your intimacy with God so that he might empower your life in ways that you can't even imagine? Can you say fasting? See, fasting is another expression of prayer. So we, we say prayer and fasting, but really, the rest of this message, I'm really going to talk about this notion of fasting. It encompasses everything. Now, Last week, Valentine's Day was also Ash Wednesday, the beginning of Lent. Many Jesus followers started the journey from there to crucifixion to Easter last week. Here at NBCC, we're going to start our fasting journey uh, next Wednesday, this coming Wednesday, uh, February the 21st. And it's going to go from February 21st to March the 31st. That's our journey all the way till Easter. That's when we start. I'm inviting you to join us on that journey. And I want to talk about why it's important that you and I would join, that you would join us on this journey. Wherever, whoever you are, whether you're just showing up, you're a new Christian, you're thinking about being a Christian, you've walked with the Lord forever and ever and ever, join us on that journey. They're going to throw it on the screen in just a moment so you can see those dates right there. Now, uh, think about this. The world is becoming not just more complicated, but more frightening, isn't it? The war started in Ukraine, then it moved to Gaza. Now the military, the U.S. military um, is expanding its activity throughout the Middle East. It's kind of scary, isn't it? Uh, what started as a mass shooting here and a mass shooting there has become almost a weekly or monthly occurrence, with the most recent being uh, the shooting that took place at Lakewood Church, uh, where Pastor Joel Osteen uh, pastors and preachers this past Sunday. Isn't that horrible? Our prayer surrounds that congregation. And then there's disease and death, and we're all on this, this kind of crazy path with toxic politics here around uh, this, the presidential campaign, this election year, all that stuff. Man, we don't know where we're going to end up. Man, the world's getting crazy. You know, some of us try to ignore it, bury our heads in the sand, not watch the news, all that's important. You should limit how much news you watch. I, I'm with you on that. But the fact of the matter is, the world is becoming more challenging. But here's what I have to say to you, what I say often. You could have been born in any other slice of history, but God had you born in this slice of history. You were made for this season. You were. 
But in order to engage this season as the light of God, you've got to allow your life to align with him. And I want to suggest to you that a wonderful place to start is in this season of prayer and fasting that we're going to engage in starting this coming Wednesday. All right. Why is your question? And we're going to work our way back to self-control. Stay with me. Let's go to the text, Matthew 4, 1 through 2. Listen to what the text says. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness where he was tempted there by the devil for 40 days and 40 nights. He fasted and became very, very hungry. All right, here's the first reason I want to give you, because here's the question, why should you engage with us in prayer and fasting? Here's the first reason I want to give you, because Jesus did it. If it was important enough for Jesus to engage in prayer and fasting as he inaugurated his ministry, as he took up his role in an incredibly broken world, then it is important for those of us who would dare be Jesus followers, where we've walked with him for 50 years, or just started to walk with him, or we're just considering walking with him. If Jesus did it, then you and I should do it. It's, it's intricately woven into his purpose for your life and for my life. Can you imagine Jesus exiting from the mainstream of life, going into this wilderness surrounded by squirrels and wolves and lions and uh, all of the bears and all the stuff that, is, that made up the Judean wilderness? Can you imagine how isolated he felt, how out of place he felt? He wasn't just there for 40 hours. Guys, it was 40 days. No food, how hungry, how weak physically and spiritually he ended up being. Wow, how vulnerable he felt, how exposed he felt. And yet, it is that Jesus that invites us to enter into that same space, feeling vulnerable and exposed. But go with him, because in that space, he wants to do something transformative in your life and my life. Here's another way of talking about it. It's a great opportunity for what you can call a spiritual and emotional reset. You know, I have an iPhone, and every now and then it freezes, gets crazy. You know what I got to do? There's three buttons that I push in a certain sequence, and it does what's called a hard reset, and which means that it, it, it shuts the phone down, clears off the, the, clears the processing mechanism, clears it, cleans it up, then turn the phone back on and start all over again. Somebody's listening to me. You're thinking, man, I wish I could start all over again. I wish I could just push a hard reset button. Come go with us during the next 40 days of prayer and fasting. That's what this season is all about. It's your opportunity to start all over again. To start all over again with God. To, to, or to take your journey with God to the very next level. To have a new beginning. Let's return to the text. The text then says that Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. Now notice this. The Spirit led Jesus so that he could be tempted by the devil. This is a fascinating text. Matthew renders this text, and it is also Matthew who tells us, who records Jesus saying to his disciples later on in chapter, uh, in chapter 6, uh, teaching them the honor of the prayer, he says, pray this way. Lead us not into temptation. So what is, what's, what's unique? It, it, how do we make sense out of this particular text? Well, another way to translate the word that's translated tempted here is tested. 
to be tested. In other words, this is really Jesus' final exam before he launches this incredible ministry. And it is not only an opportunity for him to pass his final, to say, I'm ready to launch, but it's also preparation because the battles that he's going to engage with for the next 40 days will be the battles that he will engage with for the next three and a half years, just in total different forms. And at the heart of him winning every battle in this wilderness will come back to a sense of Jesus's self-control. And at the heart of Jesus winning every battle that ultimately reaches a crescendo with him dying on Calvary Cross for your sins and my sins and, and, and finding its way into the victory of resurrection, at the very heart of it is Jesus' self-control. It's at the heart of his character. What about you? How's your self-control? He invites us to walk with him. So the first reason that we are engaged in a season of prayer and fasting is, well, Jesus did it. We've got to create space in our lives to follow his lead. He's got something for us. Must be important. The second reason is it's about spiritual training. Notice this notion about Jesus being tested. He, he, and, and, and it's also a season of preparation, right? You could use the term he's, he's, he's his final training session. Because every battle he had in the wilderness, he will have for the next three and a half years that crescendos on the cross. Where do you and I go to get our spiritual training? Training, right? Where do you learn the practice of prayer? Where do you learn the other practices that, that, that strengthens one's sense of self-control, that, that helps us to navigate good and tough times and still be faithful? Can you say practice? So for the next 40 days, we're going to be practicing several things. The 40-day the, the, the season of prayer and fast, that's going to be our gymnasium. That's going, to be, that's going to be the place where we go to get our practice lessons. For those of you who, who, for example, may be learning how to play piano, right? So you don't go to a gymnasium for your exercise. You go to the, to the, to the music hall to practice your, your chords. Well, this is going to be your space to practice. And the first thing we're going to practice is yielding to the Holy Spirit. Notice the text says that the Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted or tested, which meant that Jesus yielded to the leading of the Spirit. How do you know when the Holy Spirit is leading you? How do you know, though, can you distinguish the whisper of God's voice from the whisper of your own mind? How, what are the patterns in which God nudges and guides you from one decision to the next? Are you aware? One of the things that we will explore, one of the things that you'll get to practice is the sense of yielding. Check it out. And I want to suggest to you that if you're watching me right now, if you're listening to me right now in the San Jose campus or wherever you are watching this from, I want to suggest to you that that that. It is the Holy Spirit using my voice, inviting you to yield and to come with us on to this journey of prayer and fasting. Yes, you'll feel vulnerable. Yes, you'll feel exposed. Yes, you'll feel incompetent. Hence the need for practice. Notice what Paul says, 1 Corinthians chapter 9. I love this text. He says, I discipline my body like an athlete. 
training it to do what it should. Otherwise, you know what? I fear that after preaching to others that I myself might be disqualified. And what he's saying is that the larger context is he uses, he talks about the spiritual journey as an athlete running a race. And he says in order to run the race, he's got to train. Now, if the apostle Paul, come on now, who laid the foundation for, the, for what we now, the bulk of the New Testament, gave us our theology, built what we call the, the church, the global church, right? is responsible for all that. If he needed to train in prayer and train, come on, in faithfulness, train in self-control, what about you? What about me? You know, LeBron James is the oldest NBA star, and he really is a star, that's playing in the NBA game today. And uh, he just recently uh, passed Kareem Jabbar. He's, he's made more points than anyone else in NBA history. The dude is awesome. I think he's 38 years old, I believe, 38, 39, uh, moving towards 40, and he's playing incredible. Well, He's got a new commercial out, and uh, I love it. He's emphasizing some kind of um, exercise equipment. So he comes out with his shirt off, and he's sweaty, and his muscles are popping, and, 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 and I, I, you know, he kind of reminds me of me with my shirt off. <laughs> okay, it's a joke. It's a joke. All right, forget that. All right, here it is. <laughs> so, so anyway, he comes out, and here's what he says. Do you think strength is a gift? Then he says, it's not. He says, everything you've seen me do, and at that moment you imagine him pushing through crowds of defenders, scoring at the rim. You imagine him shooting three points. You imagine him going from one uh, side of the court to the next, from one end of the court to the next, full speed, outrunning everybody, jumping and jumping and dunking. He says, everything that you've seen me do was made possible by what you don't see. Because when you're not looking, I go to work. And then he goes to the machine and he starts to do his exercise and his training. I want to suggest to you that the Holy Spirit is inviting all of us over the next 40 days, go to work. Let's do it together. Let's do it in solidarity. Let's do it as we support one another and journey together with one another. Here, and let me suggest some things that you might, you, I want to invite you to do. Number one, sign up. At the end of this message, I'm going to invite you to sign up. You still will have a few days to figure out what you're going to fast and so forth and so on. But it starts with your making a commitment. So it's okay, yes. Two, I want you to designate a place. It's going to be a place for you to encounter God every day. A bedroom, a chair, a place at your house, a place at your work. Right? But it's going to be a space. Number three, I want you to schedule time. Every day you're going to schedule, you're going to say, I'm going to meet God in this place at this particular time every single day. And number four, check it out. You say, you say well, what am I going to do? Well, when you commit and sign the dotted line, I'm going to let you do that in a few, at the end of this message, you're going to give me your email address, and I'm going to send you an email every single day. And you're going to use that email in that space. And some days you're going to be, we're going to focus on your scripture reflection skills. We're going to help you to reflect on scripture or memorize scripture. On other days, we're going, to talk, we're going to help you with prayer. I'm going to write some prayers. You'll just be able to claim as your own. Some other days I'm going to simply say, just talk to God. And all you got to do is go ahead and just start talking to God. 
On other days, we're going to help you to practice spiritual meditation. On other days, I'm going to teach you about silence, and we're going to do silence together. We'll be doing this together. And, and, and we're going to create a space for you to list out folk that you're going to be praying about, uh, who you want to see God to break through in their lives, right? We're going to do all of this day by day. So you can set aside about 20 minutes. It won't always take 20 minutes. Sometimes it will take five minutes or 10 minutes or seven minutes. But sometimes it will take 20 minutes. But you know it's worth it. And that'll be part of your fast as you work through 40 days. And you know what? You're going to say, mm, I feel incompetent with all of those things. Yes. That's what we're going to be doing. Training you with the skills that you need that are at the very heart of strengthening your capacity to have self-control. Especially in the midst of adversity or great temptation. Can you say the words with me? Say self-control. Let's go to work. <laughs> Chapter, verse 2. This is what the scripture says. For 40 days and 40 nights, he fasted and became very hungry. He gave up eating as he was there in that wilderness. He, the, the one thing he wasn't doing is, is eating. Now, Fasting was really contingent upon food in that day. Today, you can fast in there. Here's, here's the definition for what you ought to figure out what you fast. What is it that you love so much that it occupies a significant space in your life? And when you fast it, right, you give that thing up. And you create, you make room for God. So, ah, so here's another thing we want to practice, making room for Making room for God. I'll tell you what I'm going to give up. And I, it's a big deal for me. I'm going to give up sleep. I am not an early morning person. And when I was younger, I used to say I'm a late night person because I could stay up very late. At this age, I'm not a late night person. <laughs> no, am I an early morning person. But I've sensed that the Lord has been putting on my heart that I need to rise at 545, from 530. Uh, from 530 to... Uh, 7 o'clock, I want to spend that time with him. That's my fast, day after day after day, uh, at least for five days a week, Monday through Friday. Uh, and the weekends, will take the weekend as my Sabbath day, so I'll sleep in, but my whole day is Sabbath. And then Sunday, obviously, I'm in church. So Monday through Friday, I'm giving that time back to God. I'm creating, I'm making room for God. Second, we're going to practice self-consecration. That means that you're creating space in your life, holy space. For me, it'll be between 5.30 and 7, where I'm going to be thinking about my thoughts uh, and my emotions. I'm going to evaluate my thoughts and my emotions and my behaviors. I'm going to think about the decisions that I'm making and the motivations behind. And one of the ways I'm going to do it is by journaling. And, and, and whatever your time frame in, you know, that's what, and, and whatever we're sending out to you, I'm working through it too, right? Even though I've, I've structured it with our, with our team here. Hmm. Let's go back to the text. So practice and consecrate. Oh, let me just say one thing. Isn't this amazing? I want to suggest to you that when you open up that space, that space that you open up becomes holy space in your life. I don't care what else is going on in your life, whatever. No, no, no. But that space right there becomes holy space, sacred space for you and God, day after day after day. Wow. 
Let's go back to the text. During that time, the devil came to him and said, listen, if you're the son of God, just tell these stones to become loaves of bread. And of course, Jesus says, no. No. Now, I want you to check this out. He was really trying to tempt Jesus, dealing with Jesus' sense of identity. Are you sure that you are who you say you are? Then prove it. Now, we know that Jesus, beyond this, walks on water. We know that Jesus takes two fishes and five loaves of bread, and he finishes blessing and multiplies and feeds more than 5,000 people. So we know that he could have turned those stones into bread, loaves of bread. But it would have been self-serving. And watch what Jesus does. As starving, as hungry as he is, because you've got to understand, that's the temptation, right? He's starving. He's craving food. But he imposes limits on his own power. In essence, this is what God does all the time. This is how you and I have free will. He has the discipline to impose limits on his own power. Just because he can doesn't mean he's sure. And so God, Jesus chooses not to. Just because it's available to him doesn't mean that he needs to avail himself. So in the face of temptation, watch this, he's, he's showing us how to practice imposing limits on our own power. If David knew something about imposing limits on his own power, he would have not taken advantage of and abused Bathsheba. Just because he could didn't mean he should. Just because she was available didn't mean he should have availed himself to her. You want to see the perfect example, the opposite example? Uh, uh, you remember Joseph uh, in Potiphar's house? Uh, he was in charge of everything except for Potiphar's wife. Potiphar's wife looked at Joseph and said, oh, I want him. And she tried to tempt him, and he said, no, I can't do this. He imposed limits on his own self. He says, the, 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 your husband has given me charge of everything. I can't do this to him, and I cannot do it to God. And then she attacks him one day and grabs hold to him. He runs out, leaves the coat. He imposes limits on his own self. Where do you and I get to practice that? Well, I get to practice it. Because I'm going to set my alarm at 5.15, and I'm going to crawl out of bed at 5.30. I'm going to impose limits on my ability. I can't keep sleeping, but I won't. I'm going to say no. You see what the text says? But Jesus told him, no. The scripture says, people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of the Father. That while the physical is important, the spiritual is even way more important. Isn't that a trip? Amazing. Notice Jesus says, no. Can you just say it out loud? Can you just, just scream it? Just say, no. <laughs> I know it's San Jose because y'all probably just said, no. <laughs> Let's try it again. Just say, no. Just gotta say, no. <laughs> you know what we're learning how to practice? In fasting? Yeah. How to say no to ourselves. As I struggle out of bed, I'm going to be saying no to myself day after day. And you know it says it takes about 66 days for a habit to become a part of your lifestyle, but the first phase of it is established in the first 40 days. Hmm. 
I believe that God wants me to develop a long-term discipline of getting up at 5.30 and spending time with him. So I've got to say no to myself. You know the second thing, next thing we're going to be practicing? Saying yes to God. And check this out. This is what helps us to navigate between temptation and adversity and become God's instrument at work and in school and in our marriage and in our relationships. Watch this. We are able to say yes to God even when it hurts. Know to ourselves, yes to God. And finally, we get to practice developing spiritual grit. Ability to keep pushing and be faithful. Even when everything in us and around us says no. You want to see the perfect example of this? Well, listen. In uh, Luke 22, you can draw a straight line. Remember I told you? That every battle that Jesus fought during those 40 days would be reoccurring battles, battles at st- stronger degrees, really, all the way to crucifixion. And the biggest battle that he would fight before the cross would be in Luke 22, 42, the night before the crucifixion. He's praying and he's... He, he does not want what he ultimately will say yes to. Here's what he says. And you can draw a straight line between Jesus saying, no, even though I'm starving to death, I will not prioritize myself over the Father's will. Watch this. You can draw a straight line between that and this text right here. Father, if you are willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me, please. But the same pattern comes. Yet, I want what I want what I want your will to be done. Not mine. That's the most important thing. That's what real life is. That's what real hope is. That's where real transformation, that's where real impact is. That's where the lasting, eternal life is. Right there. You know, at NBCC, we have 10 values. One of those values is this. We give up things that we love for things that we love even more. Jesus gave up the thing he loved, his life. For what he loves even more, you and me. You are on his mind. And in the next 40 days of prayer and fasting, we will reverse it. We will practice giving up things that we love for the one we love even more. Jesus. If you're in the San Jose campus, you've got a PF40 card. Just pull it out now and look at the back. Those of you who are watching me from across the country, there's a digital card that's popping up on the, on the screen right now. And if you go to our website, you'll find that this digital card here. It's for you. I encourage you to print it out, put it on your refrigerator, or put it uh, on your office, someplace where you can see it. And for those of you in the San Jose, we want you to do the same thing with this card. Put it somewhere where it's going to be visible. 
This is also included in the NBCC app. So if you've got the NBCC app, you've got this card. Let me just talk you to it real quickly. I'll go from the bottom up. The bottom it says, I will. Basically, I will fast. It gives you a wide range of some suggested things that you can think about. It's meant to trigger your mind, right? What are the things that I really, really love that I'm going to give up? As an offering to the Lord to create space for him. And there's all kinds of examples there. And it says, I will also devote extra time to hearing from God and, and allowing my craving for whatever that is that you're giving up, in my case, for more sleep, <laughs> to point me to the greater and deeper hunger I have for God and that you have for God. Then on the other side, you might want to start thinking about some names right now. You see five blanks there. There's five names that we want you to fill out. These are people who you want to see God do something uniquely special in their life. And then at the, at, on Easter, you're going to invite them either online or in person or join us for our Easter celebration. And prayerfully, you will have seen and experienced God breakthrough in their lives in some powerful ways. I've got a guy in, in Boston who's very close to me. I'm thinking about him. He's going to go into this first blank. I got a couple of people here in the Bay Area that are really going through some really tough time. I really want God to break through in their lives. And I got to pray about the rest. Who are you going to feel put here? Think about it. And then at the end, what is one thing you want God to do for you? One breakthrough, one something you want. Maybe it is this area of self-control. Write it out. We'll keep it before the Lord as you move forward over the course of the next 40 days. And then to the men, I have a very special challenge for you. Next weekend, we're kicking off a men's ministry that we're simply calling Better Man's Journey. And here is the fast I want to challenge you to take. I'm praying for 100 men to gather with me every week from 7 to 9 a.m. You see the information on the screen. Just go to the page that we have. You'll get the location, all of that there. We've picked a central location uh, here in the Bay Area. And we're gonna, I'm going to spend time with you. We're going to open up. I'm going to leave this effort. We're going to be transparent. We're going to do some teaching. We're going to really wrestle with this question. What does it mean to be a man? Not in 1940 or 1970. What does it mean to be a man right now in 2024? But many of us didn't grow up with fathers. Some of us grew up with fathers in our home, but no, no father in our life because they were out doing whatever. We have all kind of wounds. Many of us hear lies that are being told to us that we tell ourselves all the time. Here's some examples. I should know what to do as a man, but I don't. And I don't want nobody to know. Or I'm the only one that's struggling with whatever it is that I'm struggling with. Or it's too late to do anything about this. These are some of the things we tell ourselves, right? If I tell you the truth about myself, you will reject me. These are some of the things that we men say all the time. So I want to no, no, no. Let me tell you something really secret. I mean, uh, not a secret, but something I think is special. We're going to provide workbooks for every man that's participating. And me and about four other brothers, we, here's what we decided to do. It, it cost several thousand dollars to provide this. We didn't want the church to buy it. We contributed our own funds to purchase a workbook, a better man workbook for every single person who's going to participate. That's how desperate I want you guys to be a part of this effort. That's how much we want to pour into your lives. So your fast, I just want to make it simple. Give up two hours every Saturday morning and meet with me. 
just the brothers across race and ethnicity and all the other diversity stuff. Okay? Go to our website, sign up today. Secondly, for the women, uh, next uh, following a week on March the 2nd, there is a one-day women's retreat that's going to launch a women's ministry. My wife is helping to lead that with a team of amazing women. And you're not going to have to meet week after week. The brothers is going to meet with me next week. We're going to meet week after week for six weeks. That's going to be all the way to Easter. That's going to be our commitment, right? But you guys just will meet once, but that one meeting is going to launch a whole new dimension of women connection and ministry across NBCC. So if you haven't signed up, make sure you sign up. This is going to be part of your PF40 journey as well. Now let me end here. So why should you engage in this season of prayer and fasting? Well, number one, Jesus did it. And if it was important enough for him to do it as he assumed his role in a broken world, we should do it too. Number two, it gives us a chance to practice, to train as we grow in the capacity to have the kind of self-control that will help us navigate adversity and temptation and be the light that he's called us to be. And number three, it releases the power of God into our lives. I can't really explain this, but I can just tell you this is true. And this text says it best. Luke 4, 14 says this. When Jesus returned to Galilee, how did he return? On the other side of all that temptation stuff. Filled with the Holy Spirit's power. And my goodness, his life was empowered. We know this because this is reports about him spread quickly throughout the whole region. And ultimately, the rest is history. That's what God wants to do for your life and for my life coming out of this experience. And the final insight is this, my friend. It puts you on a pathway towards greater. God wants greater for you. He wants greater for me. He wants greater for us here at NBCC. Can somebody shout greater? Greater intimacy, greater going through power. Can somebody shout greater? Greater capacity to see the improbable and the unlikely and the impossible come to fruition in and through your life. Can you say greater? Yes, great. Here's what I want you to do. I want you today to say I commit the PF40 challenge. Scan the QR code that's right on the screen or use your phone. I should have just told you, those of you at the San Jose campus, take out your phones. Come on, everybody, take out your phones. Take out your phones. Those of you watching me online, if you can take out your phone, take out your phone. Come on. And scan the QR code or type in the information that's on the screen. It's going to take you to our PF40 page. And what I just want you to do right now is just to click on that button that says, I commit. Give us the information so that I can start sending you the email starting Wednesday. And you've got a few days to figure out what you're going to fast, think it through, process it. Do it with your girlfriend, do it with your spouse, do it with your sibling. Come on, do it in community. Do it with your small life group, your life group, your Bible study group. But let's do this thing together. And let's see what God has in store. God bless you. Amen.